This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We have an awesome program today. We'll uh, be talking about alternative web browsers. I know a lot of us probably use Google Chrome or Safari. Well, there's many others out there that actually do an even better job of protecting your privacy. We'll be talking with Ted Kritsonos, our Toronto correspondent, all about that. And we'll be talking about the Clubhouse app. You might have heard uh, rumblings about this crazy new app. It's all audio. We've got Tasia Custodi, and uh, she will be telling us why this is just blowing up right now and why you might want to uh, actually download it. And if you can get the invite, and we'll tell you how that all works uh, as well. John, uh, let's get into some of the news. Before we talk about some of the news, though, John, I have to tell you my, uh, my latest cell phone story. You know me. Like another week, another week, another cell phone story for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always trying to find the best deal, right? Because I just, I just feel like I'm always getting ripped off. And so, not even a year ago, I think I was, uh, I was with Rogers, paying like seventy five bucks a month for how many, like four gigs or something. And I've got yeah, three, something. three members in my family. So as you can imagine, like that starts adding up. So it, you know, every month it was over, you know, a couple hundred dollars. You know, when you factor in tax and all the other little, you know, bibs and bobbles on there. So we're out west and we don't have a lot of competition out here. You know, it's typically been Rogers, Telus and Bell and all their sub brands. Right. Yeah. And Shaw came into into town. Uh, they own for, uh, Freedom Mobile, uh, but they launched Shaw Mobile in B.C. and Alberta. And they came out with these insane deals like 45 bucks for 25 gigs of data like fast data, but it's basically unlimited, right? And I'm like, hell yeah. (laughs) And they came out with $0 plans. So you could get a free, as long as you were a Shaw customer, let me me, uh, preface that. You had to be a Shaw customer, like, you know, their cable and their their internet. Uh, And and I was. And so I thought, God, I'm going to save myself a truckload of money. And I did. I did. So I switched over. Uh, And for the most part, it's been pretty good. But you know me, John. I'm on my phone all the time, right? Because of business. Uh, you know, I drive in. I've got like a 45-minute commute, and I use that time to be efficient and making calls. But my problem is, you know, once I got using it, the reception wasn't perfect. And I knew it wouldn't be as great as the the big three. But there's like this huge gap from my house out in White Rock to the highway, which is like a good 10 minutes, where I'm just getting zero reception. <laughs> And it's frustrating, right? Because a lot of times I'm burning out of the house, you know, to make a meeting downtown. And, you know, I'm trying to get on some some calls and I just can't. So I've been on those calls. <laughs> Rogers phoned me back about, uh, you, know, a co- you know, a month after I'd switched initially back in 2020 and like said, hey, we'll match the price. And I thought, uh, anyway, I didn't end up doing it. Anyway, they phoned me back this week, John. And you know what they offered me? They offered me $36 a month for 25 gigs. Well, the, we should back up a little bit because last weekend, my fiance and I went to the mall because she wanted to get a better deal that she saw online with Virgin Mobile. Yeah. And so she switched on the spot, $45 a month for 25 gigs. How much? 45? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So same as the that Shaw deal basically, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It seems like kind of like the baseline, which like, like you mentioned, Shaw came in like a wrecking ball and kind of torpedoed all of these 75, $80 plans 
back down to what seems like a fair deal yeah. to me at least she did that and she was on Rogers and like you she was paying 75 bucks a month for I think she had a 20 gig plan or something like that yeah <laughs> like 10 minutes after she poured it out to Virgin she got a text message from Rogers saying hey <laughs> hey baby where, where, we want you back <laughs> where'd you go we'll be different this time I promise <laughs> yeah so but what was really interesting and and this sort of goes back to what we've we've talked about before about this whole the way to save is to switch all the time yes right yes um but so they offered her basically the same deal on rogers but they would also allow anyone in their in her family to get the same deal and that didn't have to be someone that lives in your house so guess who's switching (laughs) me i don't have to live in the same household because we're we're not married yet and all that stuff, but, um, but she is getting the SIM cards, but then you told me about Rogers calling you and even making a better deal. Yes. So we haven't got the SIM card yet. So we haven't activated. So when we get the SIM cards, we're going to say, Hey, Mike told us about this other deal. <laughs> we'll throw you under the bus. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. But, but then I'm also wondering what's going to happen when I leave TELUS to go to Rogers What's they're gonna? What's their date offer gonna be? You never know. Uh, I think the moral of the story here is switch, right? Yeah, I mean that's the that's the thing is it's it's pretty easy to switch these days unless you're locked into a hardware contract. Yeah, that you might have to pay out. But even then, some of these places are offering uh, credits for that. Yeah, or at least a bill credit equivalent to or covering part part of it um and that was something that she was offered she was actually offered a 300 dollars hardware credit if she wanted to get a new phone well that was a problem with uh this switch that i uh, that i just did john because we had purchased a an iphone 11 on the shop plan which essentially locks me in for two years or i have to pay out the balance right right and i still had uh about 700 dollars worth but anyway i uh I talked to them and they're basically giving me $300 a line credit. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. And so I'm sad. Like I, I love Shaw. I think they're fantastic. It's just the, the reception is just it overall is it's pretty darn good, but there's just little pockets here and there. And for someone like me, who's on the phone all the time, that, yeah. that became a, a bit of an issue. And also the 5g equation. I'm a tech guy. And I just, they Shaw hasn't announced when they're going to be coming out with 5g right reception yeah the the thing is there's no question the shaw plan is a great deal for a lot of people i have a bunch of friends that are on it they can give their kids phones just that function as phones for zero dollars a month you know like that's insane it is kind of insane yeah let's uh, get into some of the uh the the app news this week and mobile news uh spacex they are launching an internet service we've talked about it on the program starlink and initially it's designed to help people in remote areas that just don't have access to high-speed internet connections. We've read about uh, some of the people that have tried this so far, and for them it's life-changing because before they didn't either, not they didn't have internet or they had really, really slow internet. Well, now SpaceX has opened up the Starlink pre-orders on a first-come, first-service basis in Canada to uh, allow people to go on a waiting list. 
Yeah, I actually had a, of a few friends uh, around the country that have done this and they're super excited because right now they're either paying through the nose for a mobile connection uh, because they can't even have like a landline data internet um, or they're also paying through the nose for some other form of satellite internet. Yeah. And typically it's a very small chunk of data for a very large amount of money. And um, they were, everyone that has gotten this, they've been posting their like confirmation emails on Facebook and stuff. They're super excited to finally get into the 21st century with their internet access in their rural places that they live. So it's not cheap. No. First of all, you got to get the hardware. It's going to be 650 bucks for the hardware. And then after that, it's $129 a month, which it, it sounds like a lot, John, but I look at my internet, I'm paying like a hundred bucks just for the internet part of my package alone. Yeah. Sure. It's faster than the Starlink service, but for people that don't have access to high speed internet, you, you know, that's, it's again, I, I would think a godsend. Yeah. Well, one of my friends, uh, he, he lives, uh, in Ontario and he lives out in the country on, on a farm and he's a web developer. And that's the biggest issue with where he lives is he doesn't have good internet and he will pay anything for that. I mean, he gets to write it off, of course, but I also have another friend that lives near a hundred mile house and he doesn't have any options. So it's either dial up or, or this, this seems like a great deal for people that don't have it at all or very minimal speed. We have a great program here today on the app show. We will be talking about web browsers or alternative web browsers. If you have just been using Safari or Chrome, there's a lot of other great choices out there that do a much better job of protecting your privacy and security. And we'll also be talking about the new Clubhouse app. You might be hearing about it. We'll be getting the lowdown on it, how that you can potentially get an invite and why you even want to download it. You're listening to the app show. Back after this. You are back with the program. I'm Mike and John here. Well, to access the internet, do all our browsing, we use what's called a browser. And they have uh, morphed and evolved uh, over the years. What was the first one, John? Like the big one, Mozilla and then Netscape? I used Mosaic. Mosaic. That's the first one I used. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah. That was many years ago, back in the 90s. Uh, Netscape. Then Microsoft thought, hey, this internet thing might actually be going somewhere. And they jumped in the game with their Internet Explorer and then try to uh, use their monopoly to kill everyone else. <laughs> but we've come a long way since then. Uh, there is no longer an Internet Explorer, so to speak. The big ones out there, I think, would have to be like Chrome, uh, Firefox, uh, even Safari. And I think Microsoft Edge, if that's still a thing, John? Yeah. Yeah. On the line, we've got our good friend Ted Kritsonos out of Toronto. And he's going to be talking to us about alternative browsers other browsers to look at outside of the mainstream. Ted, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. And you should mention that it's not just alternative browsers, but also ones for privacy. I like privacy. Yeah, and I think that's probably the key selling point of why you would want to veer away from the main ones. Um, but let's uh, let's get Ted to explain and slash defend his thesis on why these are interesting uh, browsers. And don't worry about, don't worry about taking notes. Uh, Ted's written an excellent blog up on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. So you can refer back to that uh, after this segment. So Ted, let's start off. Uh, I'm, I'm a Chrome user and Safari, 
but you've uh, made a list of uh, other browsers. So why should I even think about using another browser? Well, I mean, privacy is, uh, is the buzzword, but ultimately it's so that you can reduce how much those browsers or the companies that make them know about you and what you're doing. So obviously Chrome is made by Google and you know, with Google, they would like to know what it is you're looking at and where you're going. And so your browsing history, I mean, is all tracked and it's tracked by default. So with most browsers that most people use, those trackers are, are there by default. You, you would have to actually dig in and turn them off if you didn't want them, assuming that you could in some cases. Some browsers like Firefox let you, others like Chrome are a little bit more res- restrictive in that regard. Um, Ted, we should also mention too that these trackers, like if you go just do your average sort of browsing, it can be hundreds of little cookies and other things yes. that are sort of spying on you in your browsing habits throughout the day. And we don't know exactly who is responsible for each of those types of things. It depends on how that website was built and what, what junk they've put in there to track you to help market stuff to you. So, you know, a lot of times people like, Oh, my phone's listening to me. No, no, your computer's listening to or seeing where you're going and building a profile based on that. Uh, And it's an educated guest, not, not an actual microphone. Listen, Right. So that's why some people will say, hey, why is it that I'm seeing an ad about this thing that maybe I had searched before or that I've been talking about or something? Why is it appearing, um, you know, as an ad on a site that has nothing to do with that particular product? Well, it's because there is some sort of a trace element of you either searching for that item or maybe you bought an item like that before. And so the browser hasn't forgotten that. And that's why it will present ads or other content or even search queries. Because you know when you start typing into Google, especially on a, you know, it could be on Chrome or Firefox, it will then show you a list of what it thinks you might want to be searching for. And as the, you know, the movie The Social Dilemma, the documentary on Netflix talks about this, where those will, will appear based on what your browsing habits have been like. So you've been searching for certain things in a certain way, it's gonna populate it based on those uh, factors. So, I mean, we don't wanna get too much in the weeds here, but there is, it's a very complicated thing. And so what I tried to do with the post was to at least outline some of the browsers that try to tackle this. So browsers like Brave, Epic Browser, Tor, which is like, you know, I mean, Tor is super uh, private uh, in the way that it works. It's just slower than the other ones are. But you can see that when you, when you visit these browsers, they make a point of saying, hey, we are blocking some of these trackers by default. We make it easy for you to do. In some cases, you don't even have to think about it because we're telling you when it's happening. So if you care about privacy, and privacy has been coming up more and more lately. I mean, we had the recent thing with WhatsApp, uh, which is still ongoing. And now, you know, maybe people aren't thinking about with web browsers, but since you're on the web all the time, you may want to increase your privacy as far as what it is you're doing on there. We, we should also point out too, Ted, that just turning on incognito mode, for example, doesn't necessarily negate all of these things. Yeah, I was gonna get into that too, that you, know, you can go into private browser or incognito mode, but that doesn't really cut off the tracking, nor does it stop your ISP from knowing what sites you've been going to as well, which we know does happen. Now, not every ISP has been as compliant that way, 
Uh, and, uh, and the rules do differ depending on jurisdiction. So the privacy rules in Canada, for example, will be different than they are in Europe. In Europe, they're very strict and tight. Uh, so some of these browser trackers cannot work natively uh, in Europe for that reason. But here, where we have different rules, um, things are a little different. And so you may not know that, that you're being tracked, even if you think that you're, you're browsing privately by selecting that as an option. I, I use that all the time. I thought I was fairly protected. <laughs> No, Mike. No. Oh no. <laughs> no. Uh, no. There's a wat- there's a watchful eye keeping track of where you're going and what you're doing. So you know, uh, fair warning that uh, incognito mode is just it, that's that has more to do with just not being part of your browser history. So like you're trying to find a gift for your wife, and you don't want her to notice in the browser history. Yeah, incognito mode is good for that, but it's not going to block trackers or your ISP or even a hacker from knowing where you've been. We're talking with Ted Kritsonos all about other web browsers and privacy and just some of the things you really need to know about what's happening when you are surfing the web, like how much information is uh, going out. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to keep Ted on the line and he's actually going to go through some of his uh, favorite alternative browsers that give you that extra bit of privacy for your browsing life. Back after this. You are back with the show. We're talking all about web browsers uh, today. We all use them to search the internet, whether we're online shopping or checking out the news or trying to, to find the best movie reviews. Well, the uh, the web browsers track an incredible amount of information uh, from you and all your history and where you're going, things you're buying. We've got Ted Kritsonos he is our Toronto correspondent. He wrote a great blog article up on our website, getconnectedmedia.com, all about alternative web browsers that protect your privacy. And Ted, uh, in this segment here, I, I wanted to talk about some of the ones that uh, you thought did a good job. What would be the first one you would start with? Well, uh, let's see. So we got Brave. Yep. Uh, so Brave is a, a browser that's been around for a while. Now, it's, it's based on Chromium. Now, I don't want to get... Again, too complicated here. Chromium is an open source uh, type of browser that is a, a Google project, but ultimately you can kind of take it and do whatever you want with it. So that's what Brave did, and they created a browser that is privacy focused. It is cool. I, I like the layout of it. I, I do like the fact that it also um, shows you stats of the things that it has blocked and whatever. It doesn't always give you the context as to what it's blocked or why. Uh, I wish it kind of could do more of that, but at the same time, you know, at least you feel like it's doing something. The point here is that whatever it is you're browsing or whatever it is you're looking at is not, you're not really leaving a trail of breadcrumbs like you would with a regular browser. One thing that's a little bit, con- and I don't want to say controversial, but maybe it is, depending on how you look at it, is the, the Brave Rewards program where basically you allow Brave's ads or ad network to work where you then earn these like tokens that you can use to either monetize websites that you like, or I, I, I don't know, I, I opted out of it. So I, I can't even speak from experience what it's like because I, I didn't want any part of anything like that, but it is there. So it is something that maybe taints it a little bit. Epic browser is, well, this one is, even more, I would argue, focused on privacy because it makes a, it just makes that point all the time uh, with everything that, that, like once you visit it, before you even download it, just go to the website and you'll see. So 
it just it just basically turns on every privacy setting uh, from from the start. Um, it assumes that when you want to start using it, that you want everything, every piece of tracking, everything off. You basically want to be like a ghost. So it works on that premise, and it goes from there. Is it as pri- like is it totally private? Well, you never know, but I, I, I like the odds, and I like also that it uses its own we- um, uses its own search engine. So if you're going to search for something, you're not doing it through Google. You're doing it through something called Epic Search, which is a search engine that runs out of India. And it's not as specific as Google is, but it is effective. And speaking of search engines, or actually, actually, we're going to go even more private as far as browsers with Tor. Some people may have heard of Tor, especially when, when referring to the dark web. So Tor is, is, is a browser that actually takes your data or takes whatever it is you're doing online and runs it through various nodes along the way. So think of like a maze. So rather than a straight line, the data is going all over the place um, so that it's hard to intercept for a hacker. The only caveat to that is that you're going to notice a bit of a slowdown in how you browse. So, John, I know that you've used some of these browsers too. What have you found? Yeah, I mean, you get a little bit of lag, but it's not really that different than uh, using a VPN, for example. You're still routing your traffic through something. Um, but like you like you commented on in the uh, article about Tor, is the, the truly nice thing about it is you can literally put this on a thumb drive yeah. and, and run it from that. So that gives you the extra sense of protection so that you plug in the drive, you do your searching whatever browsing you need to do securely you unplug it and it's not still there doing anything phoning home it's on the thumb drive self-contained um but um yeah the it it, i think it really boils down to what your comfort level is and also maybe what you're doing you know if you're looking for pirated movies or porn or something like that these are probably going to be good for that um, but it's also more in the case of the fact that you just don't want a marketing firm to have your personal information, which is why you'd want to use these browsers specifically. It's not tracking where you've been. It's not tracking what you're doing, that type of thing. So I think any of these are good. The, I think the key thing that you might want to keep in mind is that these are mobile uh, options, right? You can run them on your desktop. You can run them on your mobile smartphone. Uh, as you know, unfortunately, things like uh, Apple recently made that you can change your default browser. For example, that's right. So, so you don't have to use Safari on your iPhone anymore. You can use Tor or Brave or whatever you'd like, um, and that definitely increases your security. It gets complicated though when you're doing things like using the Facebook app and you follow a link that will launch your browser you're still going to have that trackable outgoing link from Facebook that Facebook will try to monetize. Um, But once you get to that alternate browser, that's, you know, the, the breadcrumbs get cut off if you will. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've used DuckDuckGo personally as the browser of choice for me on my mobile devices. Uh, It's not a browser for desktops, so you're not going to get it on a windows PC or a Mac, but it does work on phones and tablets. And it's excellent because it is a browser and a search engine all in one. And DuckDuckGo is the search engine that some of these other private browsers, including ones that are not listed in the article, they use as well uh, for that very reason. And as I mentioned before, with Epic Search, it's not going to be as good as Google at finding really minute and specific details in your search. You're going to find it's not as as good as, as that, but the gap has been closing 
over the years. And so to me, I've rarely had an issue searching for something on DuckDuckGo personally. Uh, generally, whatever. I mean, most people, I think that most things that people are searching online, you're going to easily find on DuckDuckGo. And the beauty of it is that you're not leaving those breadcrumbs, those digital breadcrumbs behind that will have marketers learn more about you uh, or, or create data that can be sold. Um, and so to me, that's, that's appealing to me personally, and I, I, I hope it might be for, for other users out there too. And I think too, the other thing that's nice about using DuckDuckGo as a browser or as a search engine is you don't see a million ads before you actually get to the real content. Yeah. In fact, actually, DuckDuckGo's policy is that if they do show ads, it will only be for what you've actually, like what you've searched for specifically. So if you search for, I don't know, like a, a, a GM vehicle, like a specific, like, you know, uh, it could be like a Chevrolet Bolt or something. Um, the ad will be for that specific car of that particular year that you're looking for. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's very specific as opposed to trying to present you, give you ads that might be related, but not the same thing like Google does all the time. So at least they're upfront about that. And it's fine because, okay, you're searching for that item anyway, maybe it'll be relevant to you, but at least again, you're not leaving that personal trace. Um, that's the key thing for me. Ted, these are uh, some really great recommendations. I, I can see how they would be better from a privacy standpoint. What are the downsides? Like, why are people still using Chrome and Safari and, and the others? Because they're convenient. I, I mean, you, you think about a browser that already comes pre-installed. So if you're buying a Mac, you got Safari. And, that, and Safari has some privacy. You know, they have some things in place. Um, and Firefox too, although Firefox is not preloaded anywhere, but you buy a Chromebook, you're getting Chrome. You buy a, a PC, you're getting uh, Microsoft Edge. So I, I think for a lot of users, like, well, there's a browser already here. Why would I use another one? Or if they move on to a different browser, they're going to pick one of the usual suspects. It could be Firefox, it could be Chrome. They're not really looking at these other ones because they're ver ver kind of unknowns to the average uh, user. And that, that, to me, that's a shame because you still could do everything you want to do with these other browsers. Not like they can't play video or, you know, you're, you're not, you're not going through those types of sacrifices in order to do what you need to do. The beauty of it is that you're doing it without leaving a lot of view behind, so to speak, um, for people to track you. And to me, that's a good thing and something that we should highlight. I think most people would go to an alternate browser for a specific reason. Like they need a specific Chrome plugin. So if they're running Safari on their MacBook, like, well, I'm going to migrate to Chrome because there's some feature I need access to or something for work or something like that. Um, but a lot of people, like we've been talking, sort of think about privacy as an afterthought. And it's easy to forget how much baggage you drag around with you as you're browsing the web. And these things just basically get rid of your luggage. <laughs> so I'm actually, I'm actually glad you mentioned that because in particular with brave and Epic, some of the Chrome plugins actually work on yeah. those. Um, now bearing in mind that depending on what plugin you bring in, you may be compromising some security in doing so again, there's so many plugins, so it's, it's arbitrary, but, but the, the fact is, is that if there was something that you used on, on a Chrome, like on Chrome, that you feel you might miss out on by using Brave or Epic or something else, you should check to see because there's, it's a very high likelihood that that plugin will work on those other browsers. Especially, and this is key, if the browser's foundation is based on Chromium, 
So I mentioned earlier, Chromium is an open source Google project that Chrome itself is based on, but so are other browsers like Brave. So naturally, the plugins will work. You, you, you brought up an interesting point, though, about that, because it's great to have these browsers and you're being super secure and private, but then you go and install Gboard, for example, the alternate Google keyboard, which yeah. is leaking your data that way. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So you, you kind of have to take a holistic view of how you're using these. If they're truly meant to be private, you need to turn off all these extra third-party things that might be that vector of security. Well, Ted, I want to thank you for uh, joining us today. We've been talking all about alternative web browsers that can protect your privacy better than the the regular ones. Uh, Ted's got a lot to hide, so I really love (laughs) his recommendations. And he's written a fantastic article up on our website that uh, goes through all of these. And again, at getconnectedmedia.com. Ted, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. Stay hidden out there. Always. We come back from the break. More Tech to Talk. Stay tuned. You are back with the program. Mike and John here. Time to talk Clubhouse. This is an app that is blowing up the internet right now. You've heard of Snapchat, TikTok. This is the next big thing. We've got Tasia Custody on the line. Uh, She's uh, all the way down in Arizona, but a big Clubhouse nut. Thanks for joining us, Tasia. Can I call you a Clubhouse nut? Thanks for having me. And yes, I think you can. That's okay. I uh, I actually got turned on to Clubhouse uh, between you and John. Like John was gracious enough to send me an invite, and then I talked to you about it, and you wouldn't shut up about it. So I thought, out of anyone, I'm going to get uh, Tejo on to uh, to talk about. Tell our listeners what it is. Like, why should they care about this? So when you hear about the Clubhouse app, you're probably going to hear it's a drop-in audio app. But really, that does not do it justice, nor do I think it actually says what the heck that means. <laughs> so for everybody listening, basically, Clubhouse is an app where you can start rooms or join rooms and listen to people from all kinds of different industries talk about anything and everything live, audio only. But really, to picture it so it makes sense, I like to say Clubhouse is like if you took us and you took a live like in-person conference and you mashed it all up and you threw it in an app, that's Clubhouse. And so how long have you been using it? I have been on, I think, a month or maybe five, six weeks now. Okay, so tell, tell, tell me about some of the, the favorite conversations you've had that you've joined. Yeah, so there's been some really interesting ones um, based on kind of the industry I'm in where some I've been in some rooms where some really big YouTubers are talking about things like the YouTube algorithm or how they became successful at what they did or how they get clients off of YouTube platform. But it's really been interesting because where else would you be able to essentially go to a live conference with some of the brightest minds in your industry and learn from them for free? it's kind of mind blowing. Like if you think of what you'd pay to get a ticket, to go to a conference, to watch the best people in your industry, you know, and I'll talk about tech here, but for anyone listening, I mean, think of any industry you're in banking, real estate, social media, you know, whatever you can think about people that are in that industry are on the app. So my favorite rooms have been, you know, once you can kind of figure out who you're following to help the clubhouse algorithm tailor that stuff towards you because we're all going to have different preferences. My favorite rooms are the ones where you get what I like to call little nuggets of information, things that 
man, you'd pay so much money to learn this info. And here you are getting it completely for free on this app. There's some pretty big names, though, that are are on Clubhouse, John. I think Elon Musk is one of them. Mark Zuckerberg. Like, they all seem to be going into these, uh, I'm going to call them rooms for lack of a better uh, term. But, uh, yeah, it's like going to a live talk that, like you're saying, Tasia, that you'd pay like hundreds or thousands of dollars uh, to, to go to. And and it's like you're in the live audience and you, you even have the potential to, to, to speak. Exactly. So, you know, Elon Musk and uh, Zuckerberg and them actually, you know, broke a couple times because right now, um, since Clubhouse is new, you know, there's caps on these rooms and people could come into the rooms. And obviously you can imagine they're huge and everybody wants to be in a room that they're no matter what they're talking about. And so really funny just to watch clubs kind of navigate that, but you're exactly right. It's in, especially in the last two weeks, you know, it's really picked up steam and a lot of celebrities are on it, which kind of me because I'm trying to figure out what's their end game with it. You know, like, well, if are you on this app just doling out for free it's kind of this really interesting thing and now you're seeing pockets of rooms where you know like Lindsay Lohan is chatting with Perez Hilton about I don't know like why you know so it's become something for everybody and you know can be a huge time suck in a good way but you do have to get an invite right do it's it's iphone and you have to get Tasia. i want to thank you for joining us today telling us about clubhouse absolutely pleasure we come back from the break a little more time left to to talk about some apps stay tuned you're back with the app show john we just got a little bit of time left but i want to throw to our contest this month it's new we're giving away a zte media tablet this is an android tablet beautiful screen built-in camera if you want a chance to win just go to our website getconnectedmedia.com super easy up at the newsletter tab just click on it and it has all the instructions you need to uh, to enter and we're always giving away prizes so if you enter you're entered into all the contests just makes it easy and we're giving away thousands of dollars of prizes uh, this year every month we've got uh, a new prize uh, and in march we've got a really cool one john what, what is it again it's a tut fitness trainer yeah, this is a cool exercise uh, machine uh, that uh, you can use in conjunction with an app and uh, some cool exercise videos as well. But this month, it's the ZTE Media Tablet. You enter in, you'll not only be entered into that one, but also the exercise machine and all the rest of them uh, coming up uh, this year. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together, including John and Christina back at the studio. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.